What? People yeah. in television are cheap? Chester. That's so wild. That's what not, I don't believe you. Concept. And what, um, what made you go to DC after St. Louis? What was the like, I mean, well, we'll get into it actually. Don't, yeah. uh, don't answer that yet. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to waste my answers. Come on. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. That was a test and you passed. Well done. Oh, hi. You're listening to Service from Hell, a podcast featuring people that are currently in customer service positions or the lucky ones that got out and all of the good, bad, and infinitely irritating things that go along with that work. I'm actor and writer Kate Gaffney, and I'm uniquely qualified to discuss this as I currently work, or I used to work, at a very busy and very popular comedy club in Los Angeles. And at least one of you listening right now has probably grabbed me and told me you were ready to order when I was running around like a crazy person. So let's eat. I'd like to welcome our guest, Chester Lampkin from St. Louis, Missouri. What up, St. Louis? Chester is a certified meteorologist and card-carrying member of SAG-AFTRA, whoop, whoop, who you can see on your televisions in the Washington, D.C. area most evenings. Yes, he does use one of those confusing clicker things and look over to the left and the right to see what's actually on the green screen behind him. It's insane. And it is a skill that makes me hyperventilate. He is described by his colleagues as an affable and enthusiastic broadcast meteorologist and communications professional. I better know Chester from going to college with him and then meeting up with him when he randomly moved to New Zealand for work around the time that I was backpacking all over the world. So Chester, tell them, how did you get into meteorology? Do you actually have health insurance through our union? Do you have the perks? Why'd you leave New Zealand? Tell them. Great questions there. So basically, uh, I left New Zealand because me and my partner decided we wanted to be a little bit closer to family. And we're thankful that we did that. Um, Otherwise... We probably would have stayed. It is honestly one of the most amazing places on earth. Totally unique. It is at least worth a visit. And if you can somehow live there, it is also completely worth it. It was, it was great. So did you seek out? So, so, okay. So we're going to actually, all right. I, the questions I sort of, we're going to go backwards. So you're originally from St. Louis yes. and was your goal always, you were interested in the science of weather and kind of wanting to be in that world or what What were the steps that got you to choose meteorology? I mean, basically, I was a weather nerd since I was a small child. And for anyone who grew up in the Midwest or in the middle of the country, like, like you did, too, you know, in, growing up in the middle of the country, you know that the weather can be uh, crazy. Mm-hmm. We can literally get blizzards and, you know, tornadoes within a couple of days of each other. And so I grew up with that. I mean, I was a huge weather nerd and still am. But I really was as a kid, and I really, really wanted to do that. I'm one of those few people where people tell the story about what did you want to be when you, when you were a kid, and I actually get to live out that dream, which is uh, both awesome and also at the same time frightening. Because I'm like, how did I get here, and why am I still doing this? How am I, how fortunate am I? I guess you know, in a sense. Yeah, I was. I wanted to do it as a kid. So, uh, among other things, I mean, every kid wants to be like five thousand things. So, but sure. yeah, ever since childhood, I wanted to be a meteorologist. And then I actually went to school, St. Louis University, is one of two schools in the entire state of Missouri that actually has a meteorology program. So your degree is actually in meteorology, correct? Yes, I, I actually have a, a bachelor in science in meteorology. It's like I said, there's not a lot of schools that have the degree. There's some states where. You can't even get that degree. You have to go out of state to get it. So I was fortunate that there was one in my hometown. So I got to stay home in St. Louis after high school and get my degree. 
Fun little note about SLU and the sort of weather meteorology program. They have a lot of pilots that also go to SLU for their mm-hmm. undergrad um, studies. And I needed a science class because it was senior year and I was under the wire and I was like, I'll take weather. That'll oh, be boy. easy. But I don't know if you, you may not know this, but there were two divisions of weather. And those of us that were science shitheads and didn't want to do anything about that took the weather that was like, that's a cumulus cloud. That's rain. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. It was like weather for second graders. And then there was the weather class that was for the pilots and for the meteorologists and for people that were actually interested and smart. And I got stuck in the weather class for the pilots and and y'all, like the smart kids. And Chester, when I say that and psychology were the two hardest classes I took in four years. And I took Spanish in Spain. And the hardest class I took was weather. And I I would tell people and they're like, okay, is it raining? Is it snowing? You get an A. And I was like, no, there's like a million things you actually have to know. It's so Mm -hmm. annoying. And Mm -hmm. I I missed, you know how you had that window where you could still drop a class and it was like, it wouldn't affect you. Yeah missed the window by two days and i was like i'm riding oh, no. this bitch out and i i slid into home with a freaking c by the skin of my teeth and i was like great so <laughs> mad respect to you chester because that is actually an intensely difficult program so did you can you oh, give us man. an just for the non-meteorology people can sure. you give us maybe just like something scientific that you learned in college that you i don't know something about weather that you're like i have to use this but i don't say this on tv and this is an interesting, fun, random sciencey thing. I'm putting you on the yeah, spot I with can, that question. I, I, no, I can think of like one thing. And I mean, honestly, I, this aspect of meteorology, I don't use at all in my professional life, but it is something that is foundational to understanding meteorology. And there's this equation called the equation of state, which I don't even remember the entire elements of it, but basically it's uh, dealing with density, pressure, and a couple other things. And it's based on like one of the laws of thermodynamics. I mean, we had to derive these things in a class in dynamic meteorology. It's called the physics of the atmosphere, basically. Physical and dynamic meteorology are two like physics-based courses in meteorology. And you have to take calculus in order to derive these equations. I'm like, who came up with this? And I, we actually did learn who came up with this. And there's all these laws, <laughs> Boyle's Law and Charles Law and all these people. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, how do you even figure this out? Like, I mean, I just want to be able to talk about cold fronts and, you know, why there are puffy cumulus clouds. So, yeah, it, it kicks your ass, to say the least. It's, oh a, it's a tough major. It's oh, a tough I, major. I mean, it's insane. I think it's super under under understood. And I think people mm-hmm. see like the Al Roker of the world and they're like, that guy's cool and like fun and likable. That's probably why he's a meteorologist, yeah. not knowing that it's right. not just being a front facing camera personality. Right. It's like, yeah. oh, no, no, you actually have to you have to know stuff. And that's intense. I didn't realize that there were so few meteorology schools in Missouri do you know are there is that like a rare thing to study in the country do you know it is uh, there are only um I would say a few thousand jobs available probably in in the industry like overall like thousands as opposed to some industries where there are hundreds of thousands if not millions so but at the same time and I remember reading this somewhere online so you know this is why I should stop freaking out all the time about how I got to where I am it's one of the lowest like as far as job fields, it's one of the few that has like extremely low unemployment. If you have a degree in meteorology, you're probably going to find a job in that field or something somewhat related to that if you have that degree. So it's almost like it's like it's almost like guaranteeing you're going to get a job like the unemployment for meteorologists during like 
the last recession. And don't quote me on this, but I think I saw this like on a web, the BLS website or some website, you know, government website. Like unemployment was like four percent for meteorologists during like the recession. It's just wow. like we just it's not recession proof, but it's pretty darn close. Now, I say that now, but like we are in a global pandemic that like has squashed all rules. So we don't even we really don't know what's going to happen with this industry. But people need their weather for whatever reason, you know, whether it's military or TV or you know, I mean, construction projects, all this consulting media, there's all kinds of stuff you could do with this degree. And not to mention like education and teaching and stuff like that. That's so cool. I want to get further into sort of how your industry has changed with the pandemic in this section. But I do want to get so you go to college for it. Um, You also have your master's, correct? Oh, (laughs) almost. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. We'll edit this part out. No, it's fine. (laughs) No, it's we I'm totally uh, open to talking about it. Because there's a there's hope there's a glimmer of hope that I may finish it at one point, but I have I am one thing short of a master's in geography. Oh. That would be a thesis. Oh, probably the most important thing. Oh, that makes me want to throw up on myself. Ew. I know. Seriously, oh. I'm with you. I'm God. like it's just like I I like I physically feel like weary and just like sick just thinking about like doing all that writing and research but, like that's what it's all about right so it's just like i'm definitely afraid of finishing it and also definitely afraid of not finishing it because i have like nightmares all the time about not finishing college and i'm like i know this has related to my to my thesis but i just ah, whatever oh it is what god it is. i can't i mean the, the the i just i the problem is for me is like I don't know why the universe put me at SLU. SLU is this underrated. It is the hardest academic institution. Like it is so intensely <laughs> difficult. Yeah. I had yeah. such a hard time in college. And I tell people from the Midwest are kind of like, oh gosh, yeah, SLU. Like I've had a couple people kind of understand that it was a hard school. Yeah. But really outside of the Midwest, people are like, oh, it was like some private Jesuit college. Okay, whatever. And I'm like, yeah. no, I wanted to quit every day for four mm-hmm. years because it's mm-hmm. so hard and there were so many like science brained you know pre-med pt like mm-hmm. it just i was i was a horse of a different color i was at the wrong freaking school and yeah, when yeah. i hear about you know you guys going on to higher education and all of these i'm just like i don't know my friends are doctors that's weird like i make podcasts i don't know this is yeah. i don't fit in here <laughs> anyway yeah, no i i'm kind of with you i'm kind of with you because i've i mean i'm in the broadcast world and this is what i wanted to do and i'm like i really shouldn't have gone to slew for that like right? everyone who you know it's like that's not really what yeah like we didn't have a bro- there's no journalism program at st louis university so i couldn't I couldn't, st- I didn't, I took zero journalism classes basically, you know, and I somehow ended up in TV news. Like what? Okay. I'm so I, even- I got to know that. So I got to know. Okay. So you graduate from SLU, you dabble in the master's world. We're going to ignore that for a minute. What yeah. got you like, what even put in your brain that you should go audition for a television, like sort of journal, like wh- wh- what, how, and how? That's a good. Okay. I think I, I, I missed half your question. You said, Cause like I, you got cut off. Whatever, what even put in your brain, and then your signal went out. So sorry. This fucking. This is the first time I've had this issue. I'm sorry. I'll edit all this stuff out. This is that so what usually annoying. is? This the room usually. This recorded? is always where I'm at. Yeah. I don't know. It's so sense. yeah. Thank you for being patient. I'm so sorry. This has oh, never happened before. Honestly, it doesn't bother me at all. Well, like, you're very sweet. I'm on vacation, Kate. It's all G. Oh, I forgot. That's right. <laughs> I got you at a good, I got you in a good zone. I That's mean, good. Uh, yeah, honestly, like I've been, I'm not saying I'm totally relaxed, but I haven't been stressed about work in 
a week. So whatever. Ooh. Okay, good. <laughs> All right. So we're, uh, so we were at, okay. So you, you go to SLU, you get this meteorology degree, yeah. thesis stuff, whatever later. So what put into your head? Because I don't think I would have even thought, you know, m- television meteorology was an option. Like I just wouldn't have, re- what, what drew you to, I guess to, it's a two parter. What drew you to the TV side of it as opposed to teaching? And then how did you get your foot in the door? Cause you were on TV, like basically right away. Yeah, just a couple months after college. Um, Which is crazy. Yeah, um, I know. I was, well, I mean, it was a different time. Like for, for the, the youngins who are listening to, to the podcast, I'm sure you have a huge demographic of like 20 year olds or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> this is pre, pre-pandemic, pre pandemic, pre Great Recession, you know. Yeah. I, you know, I, you know, I did a couple, you know, I admit to this. I did a couple, uh, victory laps, you know, did senior year three times. I was, I was, I just loved it so much. I just loved going into debt, you know, just picking up those student loans. Woo, who so, does it? Who does it? Right. It's good. But I, st- I still finish it, you know, a little bit behind schedule. But the point was that it was before 2008, before the great recession. Sure. So getting a job was, was a lot easier than, than it is, I would say now, or even like when times are good before the current recession. It was just so much easier to get work then. And so I guess, I guess the, how I got, I guess let's go with how, why did I, I wanted to do this in the first place. You know, like I said, I grew up kind of wanting to be in this business. Like I was that kid. And I think a lot of people on, in your podcast, a lot of your guests, cause you know, I've listened to a few episodes. I think a lot of your guests will probably have the same sort of story. Like as a kid, I pretended I was on the radio. I pretended, you know, to be a TV news broadcaster and weather forecaster, you know, like I was pretending to do these things. You know, I may not have been in theater because I was just too I was too shy. Like I was so different than I than the Chester you met, you know, the Chester you met in college. Not shy, you know, not not even a little bit, (laughs) not even close. And like, you know, the Chester from elementary through high school was. Like I was afraid to even talk to the mirror, you know, like oh, I was just so, bless you. I was such a shy kid. Yeah. It was just like a different life, but I did at least have that ambition. I always want, I was always interested in, in weather. So I would watch the weather channel, uh, which my brother hated cause we shared a bedroom and I would put the weather channel on Nerd. all the time. You know, I'd Nerd. rather watch that than cartoons. I know. It's, <laughs> I mean, I got my fill of Animaniacs. Don't get me wrong, but like still like, <laughs> But still, like I, I watch the Weather Channel all the time. I watch the local news, you know. And to this day, I still am a local news junkie. A lot of people, you know, they get their news from the internet now. And I like totally will. We were on vacation not that long ago, me and the family, and I watched the local CBS station when I was in town because even though I have no connection to that place, I was like, I just want to check out the news, you know. That's so so sweet. as a kid, I, I wanted to do those things. I, I wanted to be a broadcaster. I remember listening to some. You know, I grew up on a lot of uh, hip hop and R&B music. I listen to a lot of things now, but like the hip hop and R&B station was back in St. Louis. It was like magic, magic went away. And it was like the big powerhouse, you know, black music station. And I would pretend that I was my my own radio DJ. And I even had like tape recorders and like would record things and like record myself. I, I mean, I wish I could hear them now. They probably are just... Me too. they're probably the worst things i it's like that i don't know i just think of like arrested development where they have george michael playing (laughs) you know with the uh star wars um you know and the mannequin and he's hitting them and feeding them they always go back to that video (laughs) crying i love that show yeah they would cut back to i love that that was that would have been me on my little tapes that i've recorded at at home bless you 
that version of that. So yeah, that's that's what I wanted to do as a kid. Uh, but you know, being a weather like a meteorologist was like high on the list. So that interest existed from elementary school all the way through high school. And then when I got to college, I'm like, I'm declaring my major as meteorology. Like wasn't even close, you know. I just knew I was gonna. And then Lord help me, Kate, <laughs> I took chemistry <laughs> and physics. <laughs> I let oh. I like that. It's more of these more of these sounds. Calculus <laughs> one, two, three, differential no. equation, math I had even heard of. D- d- Chester, heard of no, like no. This is how you yeah. ruin your life in college. This is why I, college I sucked. Me too. I know. I mean, and you know what? I I had a I actually really had a great college experience, except for the part where it kicked my ass all the time. Same. Like I like yeah. You just feel defeated just, constantly, and like you're surrounded honestly. by all these other people that seem to get it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, why don't mm-hmm. I fucking get it? Because it's so fucking yeah. hard. It Ugh. was so hard, and I was you know some of the classes I was in, Kate, like. These people are like I have, you know, a couple friends who are I have friends who work for Google. Come on, and like I have friends who work at Boeing and all these, you know, they're doing all these interesting, smart people things. Barf. And I like when people say, you know, I, you know, I'll take it as a compliment if someone thinks I'm a smart person, but I'm not really a smart person. Like these are the smart people, you know. But Chester, the to- classes you just described, I can't spell the names of. <laughs> yeah. Like don't well, I'm, not, I'm not sure. <laughs> like let's not don't get it twisted too hard. Like you maybe we can't rock with all of our fucking doctor friends. Fuck them. I hope they're listening. Yeah. But <laughs> but like you're taking some some legitimately challenging classes. I would yeah. I mean Chemistry alone, I, I will walk out into traffic before I ever have to look at any of that bullshit again. I couldn't, and I, you know, honestly, I couldn't believe that I even had to take, I was very, actually very lucky. I only had to take one semester of it, but that was enough. Bye. That was enough. Bye. Yeah. Okay, so you so you transitioned to, did you just decide freshman year you were no longer going to be shy? Or it's like you met Adam and the two of you were like, we're <laughs> going to be crazy and that's fine. That's, well, those are, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know what it is. Like that summer, I think I just I just kind of grew up, I guess, the summer mm. after after high school going into college. And um I just decided that I was just gonna become a little bit louder and you know, I think my freshman year was, you know, kind of like I was actually pretty chill at the at the time. And this is before I would have met you and any of the other Yeah, because we weren't there yet. Blue folks. Yeah, yeah, you guys weren't there yet. I was still commuting. I was commuting to college. I hadn't lived on campus yet. Um, so, and I had a group of friends and some of them I'm still friends with to this day, you know, we're not as close as we used to be because we all have lives and careers, et cetera. But I still keep in contact with a lot of that main group of folks. Um, but you know, just being around making new friends, making a, a a bigger group of friends. I never had a huge group of friends in high school. I wasn't that kid, you know? Mm. Uh, I think that that was my transition year really. Um, it wasn't just like a boom, abrupt change, but it certainly was a change from like going from high school to like where I was afraid to talk to anybody, mm-hmm. you know, who I didn't already know, which amazes me how I even made friends because I was afraid to talk to everyone. Sure. And, and then becoming this person who, you know, I was an RA, I was involved in student organizations. Like, you know, I had, you know, I would go to parties. I actually had parties. I had, you know, even though I was never big in the fraternity and sorority scene, I did go to a couple fraternity parties. Like I kind of dabbled in everything in a mm-hmm. sense, you know, in college. Uh, but as you do, you grow up, you know, and sure. I don't know how I don't I don't know how this all came together, but now you know it, it's for me. I've, I'm using those skills. Actually, those are they end up being skills. Sure they do. Sure they do. 
Yeah. Yeah. And meeting strangers from all across the world that are coming to school there. So you graduate and then a couple months later you're on TV. But what was the I mean, why did you say, okay, I'm choosing television meteorology as opposed to classroom meteorology? What what, especially for someone shy? What was the. Yeah. Well, I honestly I don't think I didn't think I had the. I hadn't really considered, but I don't think I would have had the grades to get into grad school is what Mm -hmm. I thought, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, like my grades weren't, they weren't great, you know, like I had an average, average GPA, all that stuff, you know, that crap, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so like that never really crossed my mind. Um, The TV thing was, you know, I kind of hemmed the hawned on it a little bit, you know, because I wanted to do it. I was super excited. And then like, the meteorology kicked my butt, you know, and I had to take, you know, there was, a, there was an actual class where I actually flunked. It wasn't meteorology. It was calculus three. I actually got an F, a big but, fat F. But you're like, I mean, I, I would have gotten a Q. What the fuck is yeah, that? How no, do you yeah. like, that's insane. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, I don't know how anyone even, God I don't them. even know how I passed. Yeah. I don't like, know how you, yeah. I, I retook it. <laughs> you know, I didn't give up. I retook it Ugh. and I passed, but I just, I don't know how, like, I, I still like, I feel like, there was a part of me that like, like somehow has been destroyed, you know, by taking those <laughs> classes, but it was like a magic portion of my body. It was like, I had an out of body experience and like, it just took the class and then it just like sacrificed itself for me. Listen, slew stole my soul too. I mean, I yeah. get it. Like you, yeah, yeah. no, I was, I was, uh, oof, oof. I can't yeah. even, I, and you know, and we talk, and I'm talking about the science and math classes. Yeah. Like some of the non-science and math classes were really hard for me too. Like, Same. and a lot of folks don't re- uh, don't know this and because it just, to me, it, it, I don't really bring it up because there's no point, but I actually have a degree in history too. Jesus. So I, I yeah, I know I have two bastard's degrees. I've, cause I was there for so long. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to come out six years six with degrees. one degree Come on, <laughs> i should have two i should at least have two right Kate? so <laughs> yeah, i started taking history classes and my microphone i'm talking to you on now is propped up by one of them it's the palestine and the arab israeli conflict book <laughs> that i took in the christians i know in one of my middle east courses that i in history oh, i'm losing I mean, listeners as this goes on and on T- talk like, more nerdy to me uh, it's <laughs> like this is the nerdiest episode <laughs> This podcast is cool. <laughs> it was full of cool, interesting people. And then there's now this I can interview a scientist. Story. Okay. Well, <laughs> back in my day, I had a degree. He's pushing up his non-existent glasses. Okay. Yeah, no, I, so you get a dual degree, but for fuck's sake, how did you get to the TV? Like, I don't, the transition yeah. is crazy to me. Cause, cause were they coming to colleges looking for people to fill a meteorology spot? Like, cause yeah. that's not necessarily a job that becomes open. I mean, you were on the network in St. Louis. So how did that right. happen? Well, it took, it actually took a few years to get to St. Louis. It really did. I had to leave. I had to leave St. Louis. Oh, did you, did you do meteorology elsewhere first? Yeah. I toiled around in smaller television markets for several years actually before I made it back to St. Louis. Um, And some people, they do make it to to bigger, you know, St. Louis is not uh, as big of, for those who don't know, the the nation is divided up by media markets, you know? So if you live in LA, your CBS is not going to be the same as the, the CBS you see in Las Vegas or St. Louis or, you know, or Charlottesville, Virginia, or wherever you are, you know? And, um, but the point is that you you want to try to work your way up through the market system. So I went to uh, the bustling 
metropolis of Grand Junction, Colorado. <laughs> I forgot about this. Oh, yes. okay. See, I'm a terrible interviewer. I should have remembered all this. And then, well, y- okay. It's, it's, and you met your partner. To, it's hard to remember in, all of it. But you met your partner in one of the tours of the smaller markets, right? Well, and no, in St. Louis. We met in St. Louis. But yeah. she's from Texas. She's from Texas. This is, right. I'm yeah, originally derailing. from Mexico through then, Texas. Anyway. Got it. Okay. Okay. So sorry. Go back. So you you go to yeah. Grand Junction, Colorado, the bustling metropolis. Colorado. Okay. Right. Okay. First off, okay. Let me. I'm gonna say positive things about Grand Junction. Okay. <laughs> Tune in, Colorado I get listeners. To the other stuff. We do okay, have listeners in Colorado. We do actually. So those western <laughs> western slope Colorado listeners, heads up. Okay. Grand Junction. Okay. okay. You've probably been there. Possibly. It is a city. Okay. It is a city. It has an airport, so and you know, an Amtrak station, whatever. That's huge. It, it really is. It's huge. Yeah, it really is a beautiful place. It is probably one of the most beautiful places in the country. Not necessarily Grand Junction itself, but like the western <laughs> slope of Colorado. Like, it's okay. just a beautiful place. Okay, people are nice. Okay, <laughs> Kate, I'm not even kidding. Okay, I would go. I would go weeks sometimes a month or two without seeing a minority. Like it is oh, it's so, tough. it's not diverse. No, it that's is. tough. It's not. Yeah. It's just, it was just very, it was a little, you know, I'm, and uh, for, for the listeners who, none of them know me anyway, maybe one or two might. We have listeners okay. in DC, Chester. This podcast is <laughs> enormously successful. It's universal. It's universal. <laughs> we actually We're everywhere. We are everywhere. Fuck you. Yeah. Keep yeah. going, Chester. So for the <laughs> listeners who don't know, who don't watch the weather in DC, go ahead. Yeah, who don't watch the weather. Like I said, you probably don't know who I am because I work for the <laughs> CBS affiliate, WSA9. Check us out. Um, no, I, um, I'm, I'm half black. I'm half Asian. Okay. And you saw none of that in Grand Junction. Zero. I mean, there, there was, there was a, a girl, and much larger now, I think, today than it was in 2005 when I got out there, uh, a large and growing Hispanic population. But I never lived in a place like that. St. Louis doesn't have much of a Hispanic population. Sure. Um, it's, it's relatively diverse. It's not as diverse as the coastal cities or Chicago, but it's relatively diverse. There's a very and large African-American population in Right, St. exactly. Louis. Yeah, yeah, I grew up in a black neighborhood. Um you know, uh, you know, half my family is black. The, everyone in the the St. Louis side of the family—that's all the black side of the family for me. And so, like, having gone from a place where I went to, you know, a, a majority white school, but lived in a majority black neighborhood. This is high school, middle school, and college. And then I went to a place where there was basically no diversity. Like, when you think of no, a place with no diversity, Grand Junction is almost that. You know, it was back then. I was. It was a little shocking. Mm. To say the least, yeah. a little shocking. Um, well, that'd be tough to adjust because you're like, where do I was, fit in? Right, and as you know this, and I know, I know you have a lot of folks who have been on the show, and you know this personally. And when you first start out in a business, especially in a business that involves television or radio or anything of this this nature, you get paid nothing, zero so I will, peanuts. I will. I will gladly tell you what my first salary was. This Please. is 20, 2005, okay? I worked in television weather. I was a meteorologist on television, and I was making 18005 You can't live on that. Salary. You couldn't no. live on that then. You can't live on that now. Nope. That is. Nope. Were you union at that point? Were you already in no, SAG? No, I wasn't. Yeah, so, so uh. that's the other thing. A lot of these smaller TV markets... They aren't unionized. Mm. There's no union, you know. And I know there, you know, there, there's always these arguments about pros and cons. I, I'm very thankful for our union. Same. I, I am very happy to be in SAG-AFTRA. Uh, originally, 
when I got into the union, it was just AFTRA and then we merged with SAG. I mm-hmm. think the two unions are better together. I agree. And I'm I'm so thankful that they have the benefits that they do have. And um, but it was I, I didn't work in that. I, I didn't get into that unionized part of the world until later in my career when I got back to St. Louis. And for the uh, before that, you get paid nothing. Yeah, for the non sort of entertainment people, if you haven't listened to other episodes, we sort of go into the ins and outs of union. But essentially, we're strictly talking salary. The unions go in, or the SAG after goes in and negotiates right. what a base rate would be for you know, film and television, but in this case, television, okay, a meteorologist on a network of this size airing this many nights or days Mm -hmm. a week gets X. And Mm -hmm. then you, you know, your agents or managers can negotiate, I guess, higher based on like, I'm sure Al Roker makes a shitload more than most meteorologists because he's a personality now. Yeah. Yeah. But like, so just anyway, so for background for the listener, okay, so you're working in Grand Junction, there's no diversity, you're not really seeing anybody you can relate to. Was it lonely? That would have been hard. It was. It was, I, you know, and I had some good roommates um, who also worked at the TV station. It's like it's almost like an extension of college in a sense, like in a sense that like you, you're all a bunch of 20 somethings. You just got out of college for everyone. It was either the first or second job. And so we're living like crap and we're going out and partying all the time and like, you know, having a little too much booze occasionally. You know, what? Things like that. You're you know? on your own. Don't... I never did that. No, Chester. not once. Ever. That, <laughs> not once. That's not a thing. No. Not a thing. No. Especially not at SLU to survive every day. Yeah. It was awful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh. <laughs> Medicate a little. <laughs> um, yeah, so. <laughs> so you're in that small market. How long? So you said you trotted around there for what? Like, were you on there? Well, how did you? How did you? Again, okay, so I have to know. Why did you apply, though, for TV as opposed to teaching? Yeah. Like, what made, like, why, why TV? Yeah, uh, well, for. Okay, first off, you know, I kind of hinted it earlier about not going into higher education or whatever teaching because you have to have higher, you have to go to higher education, really, master's, PhD level, mostly PhD level to get to go do research or to teach. Oh, okay. I mean, I could, I could have taught, you know, I could have gone into the teaching world, which there are some times where I kind of wish, you know, I kind of wish I was in that world just because. You know, I want the summers off, but then I see what teachers are going through now, and I'm like, oh my god, for the love! No like, thanks. No, yeah, I'll pass for now. Yeah. Um, but I think um, you you have to get that extra education, and I just I just didn't want to do that. I I I'm very much having worked in customer. You know, we'll talk about this a little yeah. bit later. Worked in customer service, the customer service world, and talking to people. You know, I gotten used to that, and so like I. Now, today, I do serve a customer. I do sort of a customer service job, but in a different way. Absolutely. Um, 100%. It's, it's, yeah, it's certainly not exactly the same but, as but you know, McDonald's, which I have stories about too, you know, but like certain, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you, so, anyway, you're, so, so you're like, I'm not doing the higher education thing. So then was you were like, all right, well, I'm going to shoot for TV. Did someone yeah. then say to you, okay, well, you're non-union, so look in the non-union markets. And then you just start, looked on job posting services? Or, or did you have a professor that was like, oh, you know, Grand Junction, Colorado, good place yeah. for uh, starting out or whatever? Like, what was your guidance to Colorado? So I had a I had a teacher at St. Louis University um, who actually I ended up working with in St. Louis for several years. He was a broadcast meteorologist uh, as well. Yeah. And okay. so he he taught the broadcast course at SLU at St. Louis University. And um, he helped me and another buddy of mine who's also still in uh, TV weather like me. 
uh, get into the business, you know, he said, this is what you do. We put together a resume tape, you know, there's a certain format for that, for, for uh, local news. And it literally was a tape back then. Like, and so I would send out resumes and tapes to the small market television station jobs. You know, I actually got, I think I was going to go interview at a, some small market in, um, my goodness, what state was that? Uh, I almost want to say it was Tennessee. Like it was a super small television market in Tennessee. And like, I, you know, I got, you know, I got hits from other, all these small market, but you don't, you don't go to a bigger, you don't get to go. You're not allowed to go to like the Chicago's of the world or the St. Louis or even, even, even places like, like Oklahoma city, which you think that's not that big of a city. It's actually too big of a city for someone fr- fresh out of college. But also really they, it, for, if their budget is 18, five for someone, yeah. anyone who has any level of experience is like, I'm not going to also have to, to get food stamps to do my fucking job. They're going to be right. like, right. Which so many people do. Yes. Which is ins- yeah. I know a lot of people Same. who, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, that's a separate, economic issue for artists that I could go yeah. off about, but that's yeah. not what this is. Okay. So you, you <laughs> screw around in Grand Junction for a while. You get some experience. Yeah. Then you go down to New Mexico, Texas. Where did you go next? Not quite. Yeah, no, I go to another small market. Uh, so uh, the, st- the short story of it is Grand Junction was awesome, but like it was just too far away. It was just, I was making no money and nobody looked I, like, like I was you. Drive- <laughs> Yeah, and, and I was just driving this beat up old Nissan Sentra. They didn't have the heat didn't work, and I was living in Colorado in, Colorado, in the wintertime. Nope, 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 yeah. nope. So like, just like things like that. There was actually a stretch where I didn't even have a car. I would bike to work. Like it was that. It was that oh. bad, you know. And so like, uh, you know, I just like I got to get out of this. So I was able to secure a job closer to home, Columbia Jefferson City Market, which is like where the University of Missouri is, and Jefferson City is the capital of Missouri for anyone who isn't familiar. So, you know, I got there, but even there, the you know, the job didn't pay that much more. It was only a few thousand more. So I had to get a part-time job. So I was Fuck. working part-time. Yeah, can you believe this? I was full-time weekday morning meteorologist at a local TV station in that market. And I was working part-time at JCPenney. No, Chester. Yes. N- that yes. That's how do you have the energy to be on TV camera ready five yeah. mornings? Cause you were doing mornings, right? That right. was mostly. And I was coming in at like three in the morning. I would come into work at three in the morning. And would you ever pull up? Well, we're going to get into this, but you yeah. would you work at JCPenney the night before sometimes and then go to work at three in the next? So, yeah, that uh, often, most of the time I worked at JCPenney on the weekends, but sometimes I would work during the week too. I would like work in the, I would do morning news, morning and and sometimes the noon news, but I know. <laughs> I like, this makes me so mad. This makes me it's, so it's, mad because you're an it's artist. Terrible. Like it's terrible. Yes. You identify as a meteorologist, but like you're on TV. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that that has more value than something else, but like there is an expectation of a certain level of energy and a certain, right. you know, you can't look like you went out and worked the night before you need right. to be pretty at three 30 in the morning mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and to not pay them. This is why a union has to exist because if they could get yeah. away, with it they would pay 18.5 in perpetuity to everybody and i feel like now the starting wages for these jobs are still in the 20s which is if you just for inflation that is still still not livable close to not even close and you have a four-year degree you know these people have and student loans right and you have to wonder and this is one of those things and we there's a whole economic situation like we like i said we can go into the economics of this basically it prevents people 
yes. who don't have the economic means from getting into this job industry. Correct. And that is unfair. Correct. That is unfair. You are missing out on on diversity, on talented Talent. people. Yep. On people who cannot do it because they literally cannot afford to live off of terrible wages after they've gone to college and, you know, gone into debt. 10, 20, 50, a hundred thousand dollars. You know? Oh, it makes me say like, everyone thinks it's cute. That it's like, Oh my gosh, right. Tiffany Haddish lived in her car. Like, isn't that right. cute? Like Kevin Hart had to like pay for a hotel room for it. That's disgusting. That's it's not awful. cute. Not. That, that's not a good look for anybody. Anyway, yeah. separate issue. I'm getting mad. Agreed. Okay. Agreed. Agreed. So, okay. So let's get, okay. So, cause we're still in the intro. This is going to be, this is a problem when I interview people I know really well, it goes <laughs> on and on and on. I don't want to waste all of your time. Well, okay. from now on, I'm just going to say all my answers are going to be three words. That's it. Just three. <laughs> yes, no, maybe. Great. <laughs> this is going to get even nerdier. Can't wait. Okay. So you're bouncing around to small markets. You eventually yeah. come back to St. Louis. What, what yes. took you to New Zealand? Why go international? Okay. All right. So I'll get to this. Let's yeah. Let's move to the St. Louis thing. Okay. First off, I, I, I got to St. Louis. It's my hometown. Okay. So for those who are listening, who are from St. Louis or have been to St. Louis, uh, you know, it, it, it's a nice place. Um, it has its pluses and minuses as well, but I really have nothing, nothing but love for STL. I love St. Louis uh, too. I do too. Yeah. It's just, it's just a, a great place. And uh, I'm not sure if I'll ever live there again, but it is like my heart warms when I see like someone wearing like a Cardinals hat, or if I see someone reference gooey butter cake or, you know, something, anything that's St. Louis related, I'm like, I'm from St. Louis. We do, we do. <laughs> yeah. It's terrible. I'm like a huge fool no you're Louis. not ted drews yeah. is really good like there's so good things delicious. in st louis it's uh, a nelly's from there i love him i love him. yeah 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 so okay uh, we so, got some good things we got some good things in stl but um but you go yeah, back so got, to st louis uh, so you start working there i finally get there um it was i finally made, made it back it took me what six years 2011 at this point when i moved back to st louis i almost didn't take the job to be honest with you i'll just say that i, I at the time i was I had at this point I was already a, I was actually the chief meteorologist at that same CBS station in Mid Missouri. Okay, I had left and come back from there. I have a tendency to leave and come back from jobs. Okay, so I worked there once. I left in Texas. <laughs> I lived in El Paso for three years. Moved back there. Then I came to St. Louis. I was the chief. I was I was the prime time guy. It's a small TV market. You think, oh, that's not great. You know, I was making better money. I'm not. I wasn't rolling. I was making better money. I was a, I was a sink at the time, single income, no kids, you know? So like, it was just like, it worked, you know, it worked for me. I was in grad school. I, it worked for me. And then I moved to St. Louis and quit grad school essentially after a short amount of time. Cause thesis and is blow. Like, yeah. Cause I was like, Oh God, okay. I can't do this all. <laughs> and I was working the weekend morning. So it was too much. It was a, another tough schedule. Yeah. It was another tough schedule where I was getting up early. You know, it wasn't as bad five I was getting up at like four in the morning on Ugh. Saturday and Sunday mornings, but I was, you know, I was still relatively young, younger than I am now. And so like, and I, all my friends were there, like I went to college here. So I want to go out with my friends. I couldn't do that stuff. You know, everyone be like, it's Friday night. I'm like, I'm going to bed. Yay. Good night. It's 6 PM. Bye-bye. See ya. Oh, the sun's still up. Who cares? Going to sleep anyway. You know, <laughs> things like that. It's just terrible. So I think I got tired of the schedule, mm. um, you know, working the weekends, which ironically is what I do now. But like I, I was working weekend mornings. I, I got tired of the schedule and um, I was just like, when I applied for the job, in New Zealand, and I remember seeing the job posting line. It was random. I didn't even know know anyone down there. I just said, "Yeah, I think I live there." I had never been to New Zealand, you know, 
but they needed a meteorologist. They needed specifically a media meteorologist for what they what the New Zealand Met Service is what they're called, the New Zealand Met Service, which is essentially the National Weather Service of New Zealand. So I worked for them. And I, I mean, I couldn't believe I got the job, to be honest with you. Um, and looking back, it makes sense now. They don't have a single, well, they do now, but when I started there, they didn't have a university that offered a degree in meteorology so in the entire country of New Zealand. Were all of their people coming from international schools then? A lot. A lot of people would come from, they would come from abroad. So I worked with a, a diverse group of people. There were people, that, there was a meteorologist from Iceland. There were people from, you know, Japan, China, from South, a lot of South African meteorologists, a lot of people from uh, the UK. I worked with a guy who was from the Netherlands. Like there were people from all over the world. Hmm. It was amazing. And um, so that was really cool. So all the the Kiwis, all the local folks, you know, the New Zealanders, they refer to themselves as Kiwis because of the infamous or famous. I should, shouldn't say infamous. Like they're not like killer birds. The Kiwi birds. <laughs> but they can't fly. So it's kind of cool. They can't fly. So yeah, they're cool, actually. They're, the, the and we almost, what, we almost ran over one at King Arthur's Pass or King whatever, oh, the, yeah. whatever Ooh, Arthur's Pass. Poor birds. I'm we saved so them. glad we don't. Yeah. We didn't hit him. We, yeah, we didn't hit any birds. No, no, no animals were were harmed hurt in the traveling harmed. to New Zealand. <laughs> no, exactly none that I know of, at least. Yeah, we'll see. But like, uh, yeah, a lot of the Kiwis they have to get their degree from abroad, or there was one university that would offer like a master's in meteorology once every like two or three years or something like that. And like they had to they had to recruit people from abroad to get these jobs filled. And um, so yeah. That's how I got the job. Like they wow. needed um, someone who worked in media. They were doing something with a, a media software called Weatherscape that they still that big big companies were using. Like BBC and most of the Australian broadcasters used that weather software. And so this little company in New Zealand, the National Weather Service of New Zealand, needed a media meteorologist. And so you're like, I, I got, got the this. job. Oh, I yeah. So and then so great. now you're in DC. And you're, mm-hmm. what made you pick DC? Because you moved back to St. Louis for a minute. Back and then, to St. Louis, yeah. And then, was that the same uh, news channel you had worked for before? Yep. Yeah, I okay. worked for um, the same company. I came back to the same company. They lured me back. And, <laughs> um, you know, I'm glad I did it. Um, it was it was tough leaving New Zealand because it was such an amazing place. And I did make some good friends down there. So that was awesome. It's an experience I would never trade in for the world. Um, I had a few visitors, in present company included. That's Kate right. Came to visit. It was amazing. After was her Southeast so Asia travelers traveling, and then um, I had a couple other friends, and you know, my best friend uh, Adam Dileski, who you know, Kate, you know, um, Hi, Adam. he came down with his his wife, and it was just awesome. And then you know, my my son was born while I was in New Zealand, so uh, my partner she came down with him. And so they got to live the Kiwi life for about 10 months before we moved back to the States. So cool. So yeah, cool. Yeah. And he'll never remember it. He was a baby. I so wanted him to get son. an accent. I'm so bummed that he wasn't there. It would have been enough. the yeah. coolest. If we would have stayed, he would have, he certainly would have one. I mean, that accent is thick. You know, oh, it's the, so good. The accent. Oh, it's it is. So good. It is. It's a good, it's a good accent. So, so you go back to Just St. don't Louis. call them Australians. Don't call the Kiwis Australians. <laughs> oh my God, don't, don't. That's not, that's a thing. It's a it's thing. A thing. <laughs> I work with a guy who's from Australia. Now he's an Australian working here in my in my TV station in, in DC here, and he's like the people keep saying stuff to me about New Zealand, and he just no he doesn't he's mad. <laughs> no, he doesn't. 
He's he doesn't like that. <laughs> okay, so you so now you're in DC. You're doing weekend weather. Yes. And how? So I want to get kind of briefly. Has the pandemic sure. changed your ability to do your job? Are you doing you know weather reports from home? What does that yeah. look like for you? Yeah, it is. It's so weird. We mm-hmm. live in a weird time, you know. And uh, I am very thankful that I get to do this job at home. Because there's so many of us out here, especially in the in the entertainment industry, mm-hmm. who either can't do their jobs at all, mm-hmm. or because of the pandemic, so many things were delayed for months and months and months before they could find a way to do their work safely. You know, I'm thinking about like uh, a lot of the TV shows that have gone back to, you know, finally filming and, and stuff like that. You know, I only hear about that stuff a little bit because, you know, the news media world is in a little bit different. It's a different place than the world that you've lived in, Kate, mm-hmm. for last for the last several years. Like I can't imagine like how comedians make a living. You know, when you all you do is stand up and you travel and you you go to shows and now you can't talk to anyone. Or how musicians that are are especially the ones that are struggling, not the ones who've made it. Though the ones who've made it probably need to pay the bills too. But the ones who are struggling, trying to make a name for themselves, or yeah. we're just barely making enough, or maybe not even that. How do they live? How do they live? Because like for me, uh, the news goes on. Like we don't have the viewership now than we did in the 90s when there was no such thing as the Internet. But people still come to us when there are big events, especially big weather events. Like we had a tropical storm come through here uh, of just uh, the earlier this summer. And ratings were great because of that, because people were coming to watch the broadcast or go on our website or look at our social media profiles to see weather information, for example. So when there's big stories, people still do come to local media to check that out. So our job still exists, you know, and our job is can can soldier on because a lot of us can do our job out of the office now. Like I've, I've been to the office probably four or five times as of this recording since March. And I don't know when I'll go back permanently. Some some of my coworkers have. Most of them have not. Is it is it up to you? Do you get to decide when you go back? Have you said your um, level of comfort? Is that what it is? Yeah, it's it's generally uh, for me, and this is true of uh, all of our meteorologists. We'll go in if there's a big weather event. Um, mm-hmm. So if we were to have say a nor'easter, DC is known for the nor'easters. I mean, not as much as Boston, New York, but the fucks a nor'easter. Talk to us like talk stupid to us, please. Oh yeah, you're right. Forget I forget you. You Come West on. Coasters, you don't know anything about that. It's like your weather is basically sunshine or fire. fire. Like those are the two. <laughs> and I shouldn't joke about that because all the fire. I mean, it's I don't mean that in a bad fire. way. But yeah. like California literally is on fire. Climate yep. change is real. Let's get that out of there. Okay, just put it out. Wait, there, okay? it's from a meteorologist. Climate change is real. Here I'm we go. Saying, I'm I just saying. I mean, I actually took be. a climate change class. I'm what? not saying I'm an expert, but I actually took a class. And also so, okay. we're living in this world, breathing this air. Yeah, anyway. Exactly. Yeah, we see it all the time. Okay. All right. So anyway, the point of the story is that uh, a nor'easter for those who are from the east coast you know about them okay you're familiar with them they are massive storms that they kind of spin up once they get to the coast here uh they draw in in uh, just a ton of warm a relatively warm water from the atlantic ocean and then they just like throw all this heavy rain and snow onto the land and they are beasts some sometimes they could be as strong as hurricanes and some of the you know the most famous storms on the east coast are nor'easters, ones that'll shut down 
DC or New York or Boston or any of those big Philly or all those big East Coast cities for days sometimes with snow. Like the government has shut down because of snowstorms here because they'll get two, three feet of snow in the area, which to me is just like I've never seen that much snow except for like in the mountains, you know. Sure. And we haven't had a nor'easter since I've been here, but I know they happen. Um, uh, Do you remember what was that movie? Um, I think it was called The Perfect Storm with Clooney in it. Do you remember? It was like from the nineties. I don't remember. Anyway, For anyone who's seen this, I think it's called the perfect storm or or perfect storm or something like Clooney's in it. I almost want to say Mark Wahlberg or someone. There's some other people in it. Sounds like a good movie. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. I just remember Clooney's in it. And so like, like I'm saying Clooney, like I'm like, I know him or whatever. George Clooney's in the movie, some other famous people or whatever. And this was based on a, on a, on a, on a nor'easter that like tore through the East coast. It was like the, a crazy big storm. So we get these big storms up here uh, that like they literally will like dump feet of snow on the biggest, some of the biggest American cities and just shut the entire I-95 corridor down. All the big cities on the East Coast will shut down because of that. So so when that happens, the ratings go up. And so then you would go in. We get called into work. Okay. So now in the current situation though, you said some of your colleagues have gone back, but you have not. Is it like, has your boss said to you, Hey, you know, it'd be great if you came back to the studio or has your boss just said, well, you're set up to do it at home and everybody knows everybody's doing it at home. So it doesn't matter. Sure. Well, I think, um, you know, and I, I don't want to speak for management because I don't really know what they feel or think about it. But from, from what has happened at my shop here is basically my company, uh, is taking a, a very cautious approach to to who they're bringing in the building. And so basically, if you don't need to be there, you don't go. That's just the way it is. Smart. Um, and uh, they've extended our work from home orders into the new year. So that wow. is, yeah, that is, and that's, that's common. Yeah, it is. From what I've heard of a lot mm-hmm. of people, but like, I have, know. Pe- I know people that work for the DOJ and that's, that's kind of, I yeah. mean, they're doing court appearances from zoom in their homes. Virtually. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's the world we live in DC. A majority of workers who are still employed are working remotely. And mm-hmm. that is, that has really changed the way this city functions. Sure. It really has. <clears throat> Yeah, I would say the vibe and energy of, you know, traffic or, you know, all the businesses really that that love that lunch traffic or survive off Mm -hmm. of that lunch traffic. Mm -hmm. You know, those are the ones that will be it's killing them. It's killing them. Yeah. Yeah. And I I hate that. You know, I I just can't I can't imagine because like I feel like if you were a business owner, that's like it's almost like it's like second to having a child, I would say. Cause mm. I mean, I have the experience of having a child, but I don't have the experience of having like a business, but I think that would be almost like the next step, you know, as far sure. as like, this is my baby, you mm-hmm. know? And then you are also providing jobs for others. Um, and these businesses, uh, local businesses are, are hurting. Like, you know, as a, like when we recorded this podcast and I'm sure there'll be more, you know, there was this prominent group of DC small restaurants that's owned by a couple guys. They own seven different restaurants. They're closing all of them. Oh my and that's, God. And, and, you know, that sort of thing is happening right here in the belly of the beast, you know, where, you know, with the political environment that we're in right now, like you would, you would think that our leaders would see this stuff is happening in our backyard. But, you know, again, yeah, I'll yeah. leave it at that. Yeah. Ugh. Well, it's interesting. I'm, I mean, it's. I'm glad that your business, your, that your station is taking it seriously and being fortunate, cautious. Yeah. yeah, you're very fortunate. And I mean, that's just. I. I don't know. Anyway, well, folks, 
that was the intro because no Chester super well and wanted you guys to get to know him very well. And that, that was your apps. So we hope you enjoyed them. We are going to go on to the entrees after a quick break. Well, folks, we've done it again. We talked way too long for only one episode. Tune in next week for part two of Chester Lampkin.